0: I have accompaniment. I have a microphone working. Hey, welcome this evening. We've actually come to the end of a a series that we call Advent. I don't know if everybody's familiar with with Advent, but it's sort of the lead up to Christmas. Uh, Because who knows, Christmas is upon us. Tomorrow morning is the culmination of all that waiting, all that anticipation since, well, probably at least November the 4th, which is when the Christmas pageant was on. I know that most children count that as the day that they start making lists, uh, thinking of the good things they're going to eat. But over the last four weeks, we've talked about the four attributes that the birth of Jesus brought to mankind. We started with hope, then with peace, joy, and finally, love. Now, when someone talks about love in a Christian context... Good grief. Something lit up. I always think there's a particular scripture I always think of, um, and I'm not sure I always think of it in a, in a good way because sometimes it's a bit glib, but it's in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 8, and it says, Anyone who do not, does not love does not know God, for God is love. Who's ever heard that before? God is love. What the heck does that mean? I mean, it, is God just this feeling? That we should anticipate? Is there something deeper to that? Is it, is it warm and fuzzy to comfort us? Is God someone to blame when things go wrong and someone to exalt when life is good? C.S. Lewis, who's heard of C.S. Lewis? He's the author of the Narnia series, a very popular best selling book. He also wrote another book called The Problem of Pain, obviously not a bestseller. But he writes in there, he says, By God's love, most of us mean kindness, the desire to see others happy. What would really satisfy us would be a God who said, of anything that we happen to like doing, what does it matter as long as they're content? We want, in fact, not so much a father in heaven, but a grandfather in heaven, a senile, benevolent, who likes to see young people enjoying themselves, and whose plan for the universe is simply that it might be said at the end of each day, a good time was had by all. Now, not many people, I admit, would formulate a theology precisely in those terms. But it's a concept that lurks at the back of many of our minds, I think. But I don't think that interpretation of God's love is even close to the mark. I went searching through a few articles while I was preparing this message, and one that struck me was a study that people had done to discover why people love Christmas. Now, this is, of course, for those people who do love Christmas, but the study found very strong evidence for the idea that it was people's actions that determined this. Their plans, their habits, their customs all affected their love, or otherwise... Of Christmas. People who really love Christmas actually actively do a whole list of things, and I won't go into the whole list because it's quite long. But one of the main things they do, and you should perhaps tick this to see whether you qualify as a lover of Christmas, is listen to Christmas music often and early. They're the ones who, you know, start playing. Michael Bublé, when it's sort of only just the September holidays. They may be playing Mariah Carey or Pentatonics, or if they're really old, Bing Crosby. But it doesn't matter where it comes from. At The first whiff of tinsel in shopping centres, they're there playing that music. The second thing that people who really love Christmas do is they have a favourite Christmas movie. Now, this can be a very divisive topic. I am here to proudly state that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Yes, right. Now, you may like uh, The Grinch You Stole Christmas or Miracle on 34th Street, Elf, Bad Santa, or any of those, Love Actually, or any of those other perennial favourites, but by all means, pick your own, but if you're a lover of Christmas, you've got a favourite Christmas movie. The third thing that people who love Christmas do is they decorate with meaningful things. None of this store-bought tinsel for Christmas lovers. Grandma's nativity set comes out every year. Christmas tree ornaments given to them by close friends or relatives. Crappy decorations made by children or grandchildren. At school come out every year, no matter how tattered and torn they get because their decorations go up to remind them of wonderful Christmases past. The fourth thing that people who really love Christmas do is use an advent calendar to count down the days, because it's all about anticipation. Now I've discovered that not everybody understands anticipation. My youngest granddaughter was introduced to the idea of a chocolate advent calendar this year. On day two, she was discovered behind the couch, relieving the advent calendar of its bounty, all in one glorious chocolate rush. Why wait when you're two years old? The fifth thing they do is they buy gifts with meaning. Now, and by, I, when I say meaning, you've got to be careful here because it's got to be meaningful for the recipient. Often I think we're guilty of giving people presents that we'd like, hoping that they might give them back. But sometimes it's, it's the simple things. In previous years, I'd have thought that a Bunnings voucher was a cheap escape for not thinking about a present. But let me tell you, this year, if you get me a Bunnings voucher, you are at the top of my list. So it's all about the recipient. It's not even. It can be really, really simple. But if that's what somebody craves, let me tell you, I am craving Bunnings vouchers this year. It is a really, really good present to get, and thanks in advance to all of those who are getting me one, says he, hopefully. The sixth thing, and 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 this will be the last example, there are many, many more, but I think this is important, that people who really love Christmas get in touch with the people they care about. They share it with those they love. It might be family you only see at Christmas. It may be friends from interstate or overseas that you don't get to see a lot. But they may be people you see every day. But Christmas means more when you spend it with people that you care about. So I think you get the picture. People who love Christmas, don't just get up on Christmas morning with these random feelings of hope, peace, joy and love that they've plucked out of thin air. They actually plan and strategize to love Christmas. They've put something in place to get the most out of this season of joy and thanksgiving. Their actions not only reflect the love they have for Christmas, but their actions actually inspire that love, drive that love and perpetuate that love. And this is what I think that the Apostle John means when he says God is love. He means that God is a God of action. And he says in that very next verse, 1 John chapter 4 verse 9, he says this, God showed, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. You see, God put his love into action. He didn't do it to get brownie points. He didn't even do it to make us like him. In fact, John makes the point in the very next verse that God loving us was not to make us love God back. In verse 11, he says, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. What a novel thought at Christmas. There's a unique thought. God put his love for us into action to help us love one another. Who knew? Furthermore, he offers to help if we will trust him. He doesn't do the mother eagle thing. You'll know what happens there, that the mother has eagles, that the, the eggs hatch, they nurture them, they feed them, they wait till they've got feathers. And as soon as they think they're ready, they boot them out of the nest. Right? 100 metres above the ground. And if you're lucky, they flap their wings and they're all good. If not, next year. But God doesn't do that to his children. If we continue on in 1 John, in verse 15, He says, all that declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we've put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. The love that God sent at Christmas wasn't a feeling or an act of kindness, It was a cunning plan. It was a strategy. Okay, it looked like a baby. But God's plan always starts small and grows from humble beginnings. And that's the way he starts with all of us. He asks us to trust him, to be a part of his plan, to accept the love that he sent in the form of Jesus. But he starts with small steps, If you're here tonight and you're a person who's never taken any steps with God, I want to offer you an opportunity to take a step of faith today. I'd love to walk you through what that really means, what that small step is after the service. I'll be up here, up the front. I'd love to talk with you to show you what steps we can take to actually trust God To actually recognise that his love is not a feeling. It's not a concept. It's not airy-fairy. His love is the love of action. The love of doing what it takes so that people can really see it. I don't know what your plans are for this festive season. But whatever they are, I want to wish you a happy, blessed and loved Christmas. Have a great evening.